G'day mate, Forty here. It's really weird walking through the Royal Botanical Gardens here in Sydney. And I think where's the crime? Where's the dysfunction? Like we're, we're right by the Central Business District, right by the Opera House, but like where's the rape? Looking into the bushes, I don't see any raping going on. I didn't see any grievous bodily harm being inflicted. Like, where's the trash? Where's the graffiti? Where are the homeless, the drug addicts, the panhandlers? Like, where are all the people who let me know that I'm in a big city? That I'm in the States? Like, how do you, how do you maintain all these delicate ecosystems? How do you maintain all this? exquisite plant life and animal life. Where's the blaring rap music? Where's the blaring mariachi music? Where are the vibrant gangs of youths wilding? This is really weird. I'm in the Royal Botanical Gardens and there's no bloody wilding going on. How can I be in the central business district of Australia's biggest city? There's not even any wilding going on. Like, where are the youths rampaging and destroying? Where's the graffiti? Like, where's everything that makes you know vibrant big city America so vibrant? Where's the vibrance here? This doesn't seem very vibrant. I mean, we've got tons of diversity, but no vibrance, Los Angeles style or New York style, right? You've got, got that big park in Manhattan, right? You get lots of wilding and raping and all sorts of horrible stuff going on. And then where are the where are the alarms? Where are the police sirens? Where are the ambulance sirens? Where are the police helicopters like shining a light? Where are the bullhorns? Where are the angry protesters? I've been in Australia for three months. No one said anything to me about how black lives matter. Do black lives matter to you, Karen? Do black lives matter to you? Where's the, where's the concern? Where's the activism? Where's the apocalyptic sense that the world's coming to an end, that the country's convulsing into a civil war? Instead, we're right on the verge of Australia Day. People are just happy for a walk with their family and friends, stretching their legs, taking a break from work, going back to school in a week or so. Such a shame that Australia lacks the vibrancy of American big cities. It's just so quiet and tranquil and 
people enjoying themselves. This isn't a big city. Like, where's the fear? I'm just not detecting any fear. What the hell? Where's the fear, guys? Where's the the dread? Where's the worry just written all over people's faces? Like, how do you how do you maintain all this nice stuff? How do you maintain all this delicate life? How do you maintain a pleasant, sensitive public spaces? I mean, if this was Los Angeles, all this would be torn up, ripped up, graffitied, trashed. Where's the... Where's the trash after a good quinceañera? No one's blaring any rap music, man. That's weird. Where are the packs of youths making life miserable for everyone else? I mean, how does Australia get to have nice things? What, what is it about Australians that just uh, makes them so nice and law-abiding? Original Australians came here as convicts. Yeah, how do they turn into such a law-abiding people? Yeah, I see tons of diversity. It seems to be a type of diversity that works. Apparently, there's some diversity that works. Other types of diversity lead to conflagration. So there's a sign, keep out of the flowers. And it's amazing people obey the directives. What kind of society is this where people follow the rules? Where people don't just trash public spaces for the fun of it? Now we've got all this diversity of plant life only thrive because we have a cooperative citizenry and we have law enforcement and willing to incentivize people to follow the law. Where's the anger? Where's the tension and stress written all over people's faces? Is that haunted feeling that you don't have any health insurance, that you're in desperate straits, that you might be going homeless? Is the sense that you're living life on the edge, that the game has been rigged against you? We're living in the end times. It just doesn't seem to be any of that. Where's the moral panic? Where are the hysterias? 
Where are the women with blue hair? Don't, don't see as many piercings. See a lot more piercings in Los Angeles. Now there are a lot more tattoos in Australia compared to 30, 40 years ago. But uh, they haven't kept up with the piercings. Right, where's the anger at society, anger at the parents, anger at the patriarchy? Where's the bloody anger, mate? Where are the expressions of rage? Where's the senseless destruction? Where's the tearing up of everything that's pretty and sensitive and sweet and delicate just for the fun of destruction? Where are the super predators? Maybe the super predators are behind the bushes here. And you're just missing them. How do they get to have nice public facilities that aren't trashed and used for drug deals and prostitution? Where are the homeless encampments? Where are the strung out addicts and alcoholics? Where are the runaway kids? And even the animals, even the ducks don't have fear. How come you don't have any fear, mate? Where's your sense of fear? Don't you have any sense of danger? You don't seem afraid, mate. I just wonder, can, can uh, Los Angeles sustain something like this? Is people walking around being happy? I mean, do we need a common culture in Los Angeles? A respect for private property, public property, for plant diversity, for human biodiversity? Like, can we have a common culture where people who are predatory and destructive uh, they're removed from polite society so that good people can enjoy public spaces like these. So I am like a quarter mile from the central business district. They've so got all these skyscrapers looming above Royal Botanical Gardens. They've got the hustle and bustle of the big city in one of the safest cities in the world. Like this isn't Tokyo. This isn't Hong Kong. Like this isn't you know, one of those law-abiding East Asian communities in a fair dinkum Australian community. Beautiful flowers, luscious wildlife. And uh, it's just a welcome place. Got birds and ducks. 
ebony and ivory living together in perfect harmony. And if we can learn anything from what the Australians have constructed here, we can take back to America's big cities. Or is what Australians have constructed here only possible with a certain mix of people, certain social arrangements, certain immigration policies, certain law and order policies. Now, could we have all this while allowing millions of illegal immigrants to pour over the border? Like somehow I don't think that we could enjoy all this if you had millions of illegal immigrants. Okay, so imagine that there was a border like five miles from here. Millions of illegal immigrants were pouring through. You think that uh, these royal botanical gardens look like this? If you had hundreds of thousands of illegal immigrants pouring through, uh, staying the night, using the public facilities, doing drug deals, murdering and raping, bringing their problems with them, bringing drugs, bringing crime, they're rapists, and some I assume are nice people. And this is a sanctuary from illegal aliens, sanctuary from super predators, sanctuary from the revolutionary mindset, from anarchist and communist agitation. Maybe when you see all this, you see white supremacy. Is this the beautiful full space of white supremacy? Yeah, sure, it all looks very pretty, but what about the patriarchal ugliness behind it? The Christian supremacism, the white racialism, the exclusive immigration policies that allow, sure, this is all very beautiful, that's hiding the ugly face of white supremacy. For your well-being, we ask that you keep to the paths and avoid touching the plants. So if we had millions of illegal immigrants passing through who weren't able to read these notices, even if they were able to read them, do you think they'd respect them? I hope they don't respect the law of the land to come here illegally, but think with all this delicate wildlife, this delicate diversity to millions of illegal immigrants pouring through here, do you think they'd be very respectful of this? I mean, could you have this on the southern border of the United States? Is this the sort of thing you could only have in places very exclusive, like Martha's Vineyard, Manhattan, Beverly Hills.
just like humbled by all this beauty it kind of reminds you of your proper place in the universe it centers you it cleanses you realigns you and doggone it makes me a little angry that we can't have more places like this in Los Angeles so many of our beautiful public spaces have been trashed filled with litter we have gangs astronomical rates of criminal activity, drug dealing violence, rape because we don't lock these people up like we used to right in the 1990s we were going in the right direction people who did heinous things were put away in prison kept away from decent people now you can steal up to $950 in California and it's only a misdemeanor and if you had those kind of rules here you think that you'd be able to have these oriental gardens these botanical gardens all this beauty and curated biodiversity walk through here and it's kind of mourn what California's lost but California used to be America's last best hope just a great place to be an average bloke land of opportunity into the 1960s you didn't have to lock your doors at night or lock your car doors in the San Fernando Valley that's all been trashed thrown away under an influx of illegal immigrants now I can't even talk to half the people in Los Angeles because they don't speak English and when Sam Yorty was defeated by Bradley mayor of Los Angeles circa 1970 everything started going downhill after that We had Richard Reardon for two terms in the 1990s as a moderate Republican. Right. We got the city back on track. We had our New York City, Chicago, Los Angeles, America's biggest cities steadily they've gone downhill since the 1960s the only brief interregnum in the Republicans think about how Mayor Giuliani turned around New York City Mayor Bloomberg did a pretty good job too and all that progress was trashed on the Bill de Blasio you build something special and sacred And you see all the gains dissipated 
you abandon the rule of law. Start incentivizing antisocial behavior and not punishing it by subsidizing it. This will Los Angeles would be filled with homeless, with derelicts, with drug addicts, with criminals, with gangs, with youths, with joggers. seen one policeman since I've been walking around here for the past two hours. It's not like you've got the oppressive the police monitoring every corner, every alley, every plant. gangs tagging their territory. Where are the rap artists? It's the vibrant muse hanging out CDs of their rap music and then accosting you for money. Where are the fights between the hobos and the derelicts? Where are the stabbings? all this cover, all these bushes and trees behind which to do dark deeds. I don't know, here at the Royal Botanical Gardens I don't see a lot of uh, dark deeds going on. I just see frond memories, freaks of nature. That makes you want to go tropo, eh, mate? So you don't really have the tropics in the United States, but you have them here in Australia. Just like you, every plant has a family, and family members are easy to spot if you know what to look for. Wow, that sounds like stereotyping. Stereotyping plants, stereotyping people. Can't have stereotypes around here, mate. And the battle against ignorance and bigotry and stereotypes is never won. You have to wage it anew each day in new ways. All these people thinking that they can just stereotype plant families, animal families, that you know, different subspecies have different characteristics. And this hateful idea that you know, some dogs are more dangerous than other dogs. Some dogs are more intelligent than other dogs. And some mixtures of subspecies are more conducive to harmony than other mixtures. 
Oh, the battle of this kind of stereotypical, racist, bigoted, ignorant thinking. It's never won, mate. It's never won. So these baby eels squirm across the damp grass at night from the harbor. Then you'll see the fluffy ducklings taken by an eel. It's the way of nature. Ducks in turn find baby eels a tasty meal. Look at all these ducks and birds and plants getting side by side. Can't we all just get along? How did they create Sydney as one of the safest cities in the world? Like, what are the ingredients? Can they be reproduced in the United States? Sure feels like... Uh, People in Australia doing something right. How did they create this harmonious, cohesive, high trust society? Right? You see people clutching their purses and their bags for fear that they're gonna be ripped out of their hands. Like, where are the purse snatchers? Don't see any purse snatchers here. I do see a few joggers, but they don't seem to be invading construction sites and stealing things. as more of the ethos of uh, that uh, Asian student on college campus who said, this is library. People study here. This is the library. This is botanical gardens. People are kind and pleasant, harmonious here. No purse snatching, no rioting. Individuals and communities need guardrails. Right? People need to be incentivized to stay on the straight and narrow. And when they start acting in an antisocial manner, they need to be held accountable as quickly as possible. And appropriate levels of deterrence so that you can maintain civilizations like this. And if there's no deterrence for trashing the Royal Botanical Gardens, it wouldn't be here to enjoy. If there's no deterrence for seizing someone's purse, stealing someone's pizza, for invading someone's home, for spray painting. Right. No graffiti. How do they manage to create this safe space for no graffiti? Hey, this doesn't look like Mexico. This doesn't look like Central or South America. 
doesn't look like New York City or Los Angeles or Chicago. I don't know it's different. How do you develop a community that's so pro-social, I trust, socially cohesive, altruistic? Willing to sacrifice for the greater good, sense of unifying culture. Australia has a dominant culture. Everybody says Merry Christmas or Merry Chrissy. And you're not greeted by Happy Holidays. There's one dominant heritage, one dominant ethos, one dominant morality. Undominant moral standards for behavior. That is Wednesday, Arvo. About 5:30 p.m. It's January 25, the day before Australia Day, 2023. Ride these beautiful ferries around for maximum price is about $15 Australian, which is currently about uh, $11 American. You can take the ferry up to Parramatta, about a 45-minute journey. I ride the, the light rail and the trains and the buses all day for about a dollar. When you go to a pub or a convenience store, you don't get ripped off. Prices are pretty similar on a lot of goods wherever you are in Australia. So Australia has a federalist system, but you don't have the dramatic variety of the United States. The laws are still pretty similar throughout Australia, as opposed to the differences between New York City and Alabama and Mississippi and Arkansas and Seattle. This is one culture, it's a lot easier to get things done. People agree on more things. There's less need for culture war or conflict. This is a country too busy having fun to hate, mate. People just want to be with their friends and their family, make money, see their hobbies, enjoy their gorgeous public spaces. Australia's beaches are Australia's cathedrals. You get to have all these public works and public concerts, public goods. 
So you have a country that's united around what's best for Australia. Australians aren't outwardly patriotic as Americans. But they're much more cohesive, trusting, altruistic, and willing to work together for what's best for Australia. So Australians are nationalistic in their own way. For many Australians, particularly the least educated ones, you know, if you're not Australian, you're nothing. Now, Australian elites and Australian university educated, they have a lot in common with the university educated throughout the First World. But uh, most, most Australians don't go to university. So it used to be only up to about 5% of Australians went to university. Now that's being expanded to you know, various forms of tertiary education. There's still not a ridiculously high percentage as you find in the United States. That's the magnificent Sydney Harbour Bridge, Sydney Opera House. Sydney is Australia's most diverse city, and it's also the city where it's the most difficult to make friends. So compared to other parts in Australia, that little less cohesive, and there's less volunteering in Sydney compared to other parts of Australia, so less altruism. difficult to make friends. So Sydney is famous for how difficult it is to make friends because I guess part of it is uh, most, most residents of Sydney have grown up together, gone to school together, and so you know, they hang out with that, that clique of people their entire lives. Australia is also the most sexually segregated first world nation. So, perhaps aside from the university crowd, men basically don't open up a conversation with with women unless they're going to have a go. That's going to try to have a crack at her. And uh, you know, women you know, very rarely will initiate any conversation with a bloke. Australia is still more traditional in its male-female roles. Men are much more expected to be the aggressor. So I noticed when I moved to America, like how much more assertive and aggressive the women were. Much more willing to flirt with you and reach out to you and 
touch you and kiss you. Have a go. Americans much more enthusiastic, much more emotional, wear their hearts on their sleeve much more than Australians. Sydney's eastern suburbs, so most people are pretty fit. Uh, you want to find fat Australians, you'll have to go inland. This is very expensive real estate. So the affluent tend to be slender. The lower classes tend to be fat and stubby. I think the difference between Wayne Rooney, he's kind of short and stubby, and uh, more aristocratic looking David Beckham. They're pretty much all soccer stars come from working class or lower, lower middle class backgrounds. Uh, the most common name that people use for each other in Australia is mate. Overwhelmingly, men with men. Was, oh, mate, or by the way, mate, or could you help me, mate, or what do you know, mate? How's it going, mate? So, he speaks of genuine camaraderie and ease with each other. Now, that can come with certain types of corruption and exclusion that can be difficult to break through in Sydney and make friends right? it's a lot easier to make friends in Sydney if you make friends with other immigrants you know, people from South Africa Central South America Amer Americans North Americans Asians right? people who feel a bit excluded from the, the mainstream of Sydney residents who grew up here are uh, generally speaking be a lot easier to make friends with you know fellow people on the fringe Sydney is a very expensive place to live, one of the world's ten most expensive cities, along with Melbourne. Probably twice as expensive as Los Angeles, for example. Much higher quality of life here than what you have in Los Angeles, Chicago, or New York City, or Seattle, or even Portland. It used to be a really high quality of life in Portland for the last, what, eight years. Portland seemed like a white topia when I visited in the year 2000. Not so much anymore. Murder rate has been skyrocketing in Portland, New York, Los Angeles. But not in Sydney, mate. 